Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I have the honor to speak with Dr. Lee Goodrich. Dr. Goodrich is a general adult psychiatrist seeing patients at Cal Psychiatry's Orange County and Los Angeles offices. Her specialty areas of interest include anxiety disorders, adolescent and transitional age youth patient populations, women's mental health, and working with Spanish-speaking patients. She completed her residency in psychiatry at the University of California, Irvine, where she served as chief resident. Prior to her residency training, much of her work centered on underserved communities and global mental health. Today, we talk about working with transitional age youth and the unique challenges and opportunities related to working with this unique population. Welcome, Dr. Goodrich. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm excited for us to have this conversation to talk about a group, an age range of clients or patients that you see, and that's transitional age youth. Yes. And it's a very exciting group of patients to work with, I think. When you hear transitional age youth, what are those ages? So generally, we're talking about the age range of kind of 18 to 25, 26. And we can think of it as really transitional in the sense of all of these life stages that you're transitioning between in these different areas of life. So kind of that transition between adolescence and adulthood and thinking about transitions in dependence to independence in all these different ways. It's a kind of all-encompassing term aside from just the age itself. Right. And there are a lot of clear life transitions that happen during that age range. And one of them being maybe moving out of the home, moving to a university or college. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of that encompasses kind of work with student mental health as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So with student mental health, you oftentimes have kind of the added element of this very structured one reason, you know, for a kind of sudden transition. And then also just the structure of the environment and kind of the unique challenges there. If you think about some of the difficulties or challenges or also opportunities, right, in transitioning from adolescence to adulthood, a lot of it is what's your day-to-day schedule and keeping a schedule, getting a job, keeping a job, all of these transitions in kind of forming what you want your day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month schedule of life to look like. And in a college or student kind of setting, a lot of that is not in your control in the sense of having to show up to classes at a particular time and sort of in a way that doesn't always mirror real world kind of situations outside of that environment. Hmm. So what are the unique challenges that this age range often encounters? So I think first and foremost, when we're talking to patients in a mental health kind of setting, one of the first challenges is really in health literacy itself and accessing mental health care. In some ways, when somebody's already in our office, they've already overcome a number of challenges just to get there. You know, part of it is people don't necessarily have as much experience just navigating our medical system and our healthcare system. It's challenging enough for adults with lots of experience. And then I think just knowing 
kind of what questions to ask, knowing how to advocate for oneself. All of these things that are really gained from experience are really hard to learn when you're 18, 19, 20, right? And and maybe doing things, even going to doctor's appointments for the first time on your own. So sometimes it's helpful just at the beginning of working with somebody to kind of talk about that, what kind of support and what level of support they need and getting connected to a therapist and navigating the insurance system or navigating accommodations through school if need be, right? Some of these things that just are are difficult for everyone and particularly without experience. As you were talking, it makes me think about the kind of the type of parenting that they may have had, right? If they have a parent or a caregiver that would take care of those things for them, and then they're thrown into this different scenario where they now have to take charge of those things that must be quite challenging. Exactly, exactly. You know, and the same is true in all of these different domains of life, you know, is uh, there's sort of a diagram kind of that I find helpful. That's like, I think the official term is like a wheel of happiness, but it's essentially all these different areas of life and ways of kind of assessing for yourself and being mindful of, of kind of where you're at in terms of your level of satisfaction or happiness or accomplishment in different areas. And that includes an area of like physical health, mental health, romantic relationships, family relationships, friends, finances, and, and financial responsibility, right? All these different sort of zones and domains. And what I find to be really true is that in this age range, within each of those domains, there's this moving towards and kind of trying to get progress in moving towards more independence and more happiness, more satisfaction, more sense of accomplishment. But that can fluctuate a lot, you know, within kind of domains as stressors come up and then also between domains, right? So somebody who is very dependent when they're in college, right? Or in school, dependent on parents financially and and maybe living at home, dependent on parents just in their day-to-day environment and housing and level of control and autonomy they have, but then in other ways are very independent, right? Very academically and, and you know, kind of career-wise driven, kind of goal-oriented, really focused and, and maybe like quite mature in those ways. And so sometimes it's that mismatch that internally, right, is also conflicting a bit. What draws you to this age range? What made you interested in working specifically with this population? That's a great question. I think maybe just thinking about how much changed for, for me in those, you know, and, and in, in some ways, like, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting age range to reflect on. I think when you're in it, (laughs) in a sense, it's, it's hard to get the perspective of kind of being able to take a bird's eye view, right? And sort of realize that that things do change so quickly sometimes and oftentimes in a very positive way. And it's hard to see that when you're in the midst of what feels like such a crisis. I think, I think maybe it's the intensity of emotion, right? That mm-hmm. is one of sort of the idealized aspects of that age range. And one of the ways in which youth is glorified, it is related in some way to the intensity of emotion that one feels in that age range. And it's Mm -hmm. part of the great thing about 
being 18, 19, 20, right? Is like the world is, is your oyster, so to speak. But I, I think the other side of that coin is that the intensity of that emotion, there isn't the experience that allows you to recognize the impermanence of it. So everything that feels either great or horrible feels like it's going to feel that way forever. I think there's something that's so valuable about just being in the room with somebody who is experiencing that kind of emotion on either end of the spectrum of that kind of range or or somewhere in between, but the intensity being just so all-consuming, it's very rewarding and really meaningful to just be able to sit with somebody and process that and and actually like helping somebody learn how to even put words to what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. On such a fundamental level, I think it's what we do best as mental health professionals. And what I certainly find most meaningful is what seems like in theory, such a simple thing about learning how to communicate your feelings and what in reality is sort of a journey. <laughs> At least it was for me. I don't know, you know? But it also makes me think, so thinking about working with this age range versus an older age range, how might you think about approaching them as a clinician differently? Absolutely, yeah. And I think they're one and the same in in those differences and also what draws me to, to working with this age range is I think it's that rawness of emotion and also kind of the susceptibility in some ways to external kind of psychosocial stressors, really what 10 years in the future, they might think of as kind of a irritation, frustration, right? But not something that is going to derail progress that has been made or feel like such a catastrophe. I vividly remember being in situations, right? Where I felt like with this exam, with this, you know, this is the end of the world, and so I think there is just an intensity and an openness to f- experiencing emotions so intensely that is different, just the more life experience you have. So I think the approach is a bit different in that really fundamentally kind of walking through like one, being able to recognize what emotions you're feeling, two, being able to put into words and express what you're feeling and then sort of process or recognize even what thought distortions there might be, right? Recognizing the impact that these external stressors are actually having, right? Some Sometimes it's just, again, connecting the dots of like, well, it's maybe not entirely random, right? That I'm feeling worse after this big stressor happened. These things seem kind of second nature when you have more life experience, but they're not. And you only learn them through experience. And so I think empowering people in this age group to be able to kind of start to think about things sooner rather than later in those terms is is different. Yeah. I wanted to kind of change topics a little bit because I'm thinking of this, an increase in mental health 
issues related to anxiety, depression in this age range. And I wonder if we could talk a little bit about just the increased rates of these sorts of difficulties in this population. And I know it's a very big question (laughs) without a a clear answer, but maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. There's so many different parts to this. I will say, you know, just to begin with, I do think there's a part of it that is less about an increase in incidence or prevalence and more about increased awareness and increased in advocating for oneself to access care and kind of recognize and put words to a diagnosis and need for help, which I think is is positive in what it says about kind of the stigma surrounding mental health and, and seeking mental health treatment. And I do think that younger generations are certainly more vocal and, and just talking about mental health in a way that's really encouraging. And so there's a part of, you know, kind of the rising numbers and rising case rates and and so forth that I think is maybe overemphasizing kind of a worsening, right? A mental health kind of epidemic. That being said, I think objectively and logically in the context of a global pandemic, right? There is a mental health crisis. And I think a lot of that is focused on this age range and has hit this age range really hard in all the ways that COVID has affected to some extent, most people. But when you think about kind of all of these really important developmental stage kind of milestones and transitions that you go through in this age range, so much of that being taken away by the stressors related to COVID and the social isolation related to COVID is really, really a loss. And so I think we're we're still grappling with that, even as schools open up, universities open up, vaccination rates are high, people are getting less sick in this age range compared to other, you know, higher risk groups. The mental health aspects are in some ways more magnified. So the other piece of this, I think, related to social isolation, obviously, is social media. And the role of social media in kind of relationship to mental health or mental illness and relationship to identity. I think it's really hard to kind of make sort of sweeping broad general statements about the role of social media, but it's on our minds. You know, it has an impact. And I think mostly we're hearing from our patients what that impact is. And a lot of times it is really hard to feel connected either to family, either to friends, hard to find a sense of community and feel a sense of support in going through all of these challenges on top of everything else. And oftentimes that is the impulse that draws people to reach out online, either reconnecting with friends from high school or from other kind of parts of their life or meeting new people or reaching out to influencers, you know, kind of looking for some sense of this person understands me, somebody understands me and resonates with what I'm going through. And it's just not the same through a screen. And that's, what's really disappointing. I think when the very people who are most vulnerable and most isolated in so many ways are then sort of all of those feelings are made worse by what they were looking to to help them with. Well, I do really appreciate you enlightening me about this age range and sharing your very thoughtful 
considerations about this population. Before we say goodbye, I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to mention to the listener or any parting words? I just think the more we can remember and ground ourselves in what it felt like to be a certain age, a certain kind of life stage, a certain situation, we won't always know, right? Kind of the particulars of the experience of that exact patient at that exact moment. But I always just encourage people to have some empathy for the difficulty, right? Of being that age. And I think sometimes in retrospect, we gloss over that difficulty. We gloss over the, just the difficulty of being that age. It's really hard sometimes. And, and so, yeah, I think we could all use a little more empathy for for the teenagers and, and young adults of the world. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you being on and sharing, sharing all your thoughts. I'll make sure that your information is on the episode notes. So if some people want to learn a little bit more about you, they can find more information. Great. Well, thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks for being on. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.